2: Welcome to the Thursday Show. You know it's the Date Day Show. Paula is live in studio with me. That means if you need any encouragement, male or female, but ladies, if you have any questions rolling around in your mind or your heart for Paula, all you have to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340 9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll free at 877 630 KSLR. Numerically, that's 630 5757. You can email your questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com or you can use our free Calvary Chapel of San Antonio mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. That way, with one button. Call now. You can use the hands-free feature of your phone and call safely with your question, whatever it is. Our main number, one more time, is three four zero ninety five eighty five. Welcome to the show, Paula. Thank you. We've been hanging out today, so like we've been together. Yeah. But I have no idea what you're going to say today because the, the, the we have a, a routine. I'm I'm like more routine than you are. Much more. but we we go and we talk about what we're going to talk about on the show together and today we we usually do that over breakfast today Mm -hmm. we we walked in saw an old friend Pastor Troy from Calvary Chapel Solid Rock and Mm -hmm. he was sitting in the restaurant just getting ready to, to, to order his food and he was all alone and we invited him over and and he was convinced that was a divine appointment, so yeah. so we pretty much listened to him mm-hmm. It was a good good breakfast yeah, good it was, morning. It
1: was really sweet I, I was so happy to see him, and that he was there by himself, so I went to the restroom and I was thinking, I bet you Ron's going to invite him to come sit with us, or we're going to go sit with him so as soon as I came back, yes we now, were it, was cause it was funny' because I
2: was going to do that and and um he just came he left his stuff uh-huh. his food you know his water and his orange juice left it at his table and just came over and sat down mm-hmm. and I said, Troy, why don't you bring your stuff over here? He goes, well, I'm probably going to get my food before you. I said, we don't care. We'll watch you eat.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And <laughs> and so it worked out really well. It got yeah. a nice, nice morning.
1: Yeah. And he was thrilled because he had been talking. You know, in fact, he said he hadn't even been talking to the Lord about it, but he'd been thinking about, you know, maybe seeing you one time because, you know, you, the pastors in the area were trying to do, they do a lunch and because you don't drive and you're a little bit busy, um, they've been missing you. And so as soon as they got it organized and you went to one, and then the pandemic. And so <laughs> they hadn't had any more. So to run into us today, he was just thinking, that was God. He just heard my cry. So that was really sweet. And as mm-hmm. you, you and, all know. For, for
2: the audience, Pastor Troy's radio program, um, um, Standing on the Solid Rock, I think is the, the name of the program. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it, it appears on this radio station, AM630 KSLR. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So um, um, good guy, good teacher, good friend. Um, he was my worship pastor here for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we kicked him out. Not really kicked him out, but we knew he was called to do something else. Mm-hmm. So he started a church in north central San Antonio.
1: Twelve years ago.
2: Seems like 12 weeks ago, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> I can't.
1: I can't believe it, yet, too too quickly. But it was just a sweet time to spend with him. Yeah, Pastor Troy. That's who I learned how to worship under, you know, at first. And I had been—I tell—I tell this story often. But I had been on a worship team in California. But I think what happened is because I could sing a little bit, they were kind of excited that I would be on their worship team. And so it wasn't about Bible studies or anything. It was just—it was mostly just about singing. And how we sounded, you know, and um, it was, this was very different when I came here. And, you know, Pastor Troy, uh, he was just Troy when we met him, of course. And uh, to become the worship leader and then worship pastor, you could see he's growing. You know, he became a good worship pastor and he's in the process of, he's already a good pastor, teacher, He just needed a little encouragement. And and we're always growing. We're always growing. Uh, We used to get together um, as a worship team, and for the most part, all of us came from a different Calvary Chapel. And so sometimes we would be in there and we'd be singing, you know, well, this is not how we did it at our Calvary Chapel. And this isn't, we didn't do it like this at our Calvary Chapel. And we did it differently at our Calvary Chapel. And Pastor uh, Troy would say, well, this is the way we're doing it at this Calvary Chapel, <laughs> and so yeah, he was a good leader. He, he was cute, and, and the thing, funniest thing—funniest thing about Troy, when he would teach a Bible study, it would be exactly what he was going through at the time, <laughs> and so we all were going through it with him at the time. It was—he was, was just—I love yeah. you. He's—he's
2: know. he's funny in the best way. Yeah. You know, uh, he doesn't intend to be, mm-hmm. but he's just funny and his mind works. Mm-hmm. And so he's, he's just really good guy. All of that to say, yeah, we. I have no idea what you're going to talk about. So I'm going to go sit in our chair back here, take a nap, and sort okay. of turn the program over to you. Mm-hmm. So there you go. What's on your heart? Okay.
1: So for those of you who didn't make it to the Sweet Summer Devotions, and let me sidebar, that was hilarious because um, usually the first week or so, you know, it's kind of, Everybody's just getting their kids out of school, and so we're like taking a deep breath and we're trying to re- regroup and you know get a routine for home. Well, I got up to turn, you know, and I turned around to go up to introduce our first speaker, and the room was packed. <laughs> it was like we've had enough of these kids. <laughs> we've been out of school at home this whole time. So, and plus they had missed church. And I was like, You guys really missed her, didn't you? And they were like, Yeah. So it was a packed house already. And uh Brielle by said, I'm her I'm her father's daughter. Bajasteros. Um she did an excellent job. So for those of you who weren't here and you didn't get to see it live stream or if you haven't listened, uh, please, please go back. And if you started to get it and then it went to Pastor Ken. We're really sorry. They're working some things out in in the, another state. Went to get um, sweet summer devotions, and all they got was Ken. Yeah. Um, and so we're they're still working those things out. Yeah, we get yeah. But, so,
2: but you can you can get it now at com. Yeah, uh, Paula, take a moment and talk about. The, the format we we have a, a teaching or a testimony, and then there's a, a time of questions and, and answer. answers yeah and uh we don't do that on the live stream the mm-hmm. questions and answers mm-hmm. uh, uh logistically just we don't have microphones for the audience mm-hmm. and and it's it's awkward, but uh we also want there to be a complete openness yeah in the question part some sometimes it gets very intimate and mm-hmm. and um um That's what the people who are watching online miss out on. And you've often said over the years that there's more ministry that goes on during the Q&A than during the session itself.
1: Yeah, and and that is absolutely true. The Q&A is huge. And then there's even more ministry that takes place after that because the ladies kind of hang around and there's a line usually for the speaker of people who want to ask even clearer questions or more personal questions and or they're just thanking her for her bravery uh, as far as what she um relayed to us but uh, brielle the, the theme is i called and you answered um and i called to the lord and he answers um and she was talking about how big of a loner, how much of a loner she was, how shy she was, and you know, I really didn't think that about her. I wouldn't have known. I thought she was always outgoing and bubbly and friendly, but I guess it's because I approached her.
2: Mm-hmm. And, I, I was talking with uh, her father yesterday mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about this, and and I agree with you that she she wasn't a loner at all. She's always had a very outgoing. And, and wonderful personality, mm-hmm. but um, over the years, and 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 she and I have always had a special relationship. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, she would come to me over the years, and I'm talking about from elementary school uh, all throughout. <laughs> she would say to me, she would say, "Well, what am I supposed to do when my friends they're 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 doing ungodly things and talking about it, and and I want them to stop doing it because I mm-hmm. love them so much. Mm-hmm. And and we'd talk over the years about well, you've got a choice to make. They're your friends, but Jesus is your friend, Mm -hmm. and um, it's our responsibility if we really love people to correct them. Mm -hmm. And so what, what happened with Brielle, and I don't think she's ever framed it in her own mind this way, but what happened with her is she would go to these people and in love correct them. And if they didn't want to be corrected, they just sort of disassociated themselves from her. And that's just one of the prices we pay for standing up with and for Jesus. Mm -hmm. And that's what she was experiencing. It's one of the reasons I've always had such wonderful hope for her. Because this is a girl who's already suffered a lot because um, of her stand for righteousness. Not in a legalistic or an ugly way at all. Mm -hmm. She's the sweetest, um, easiest person in the world. But she's also committed to Jesus Christ.
1: She's one of those who wants the very best for her friends, and the very best for her friends is to find out what pleases the Lord and do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so it was, she said her only friend was Jesus at the time. And um, she she found out that she didn't have to be afraid to be alone if Jesus was with her. And Jesus was a loner as well, you know, because people rejected him all the time. So she thought, hey, I'm in pretty good company. Um, but it was just, uh, she, when you asked me when I came home, so how was it? What was my word? You remember? I, I always say, "How'd it go?" How'd it go?
2: And you usually say, "Spectacular."
1: Yeah, but this was extra spectacular. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She just—it was just amazing. She said that in her life, um, after you know uh, some hard times, she said, "I just resolved to let Jesus take over." This is, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to do? Just leave me because I don't, you know, we don't make good decisions on our own. So she needed her best friend Jesus to take over. She said she began to have less worry because she knew that God had was with her and had her in his hands. Um, so let's go and listen.
2: Yeah, and, and let me recommend especially for any of you with teenage daughters. Um, sit down with them and listen to this, mm-hmm. uh, because like uh, like all young women, Braille is twenty one now. Mm-hmm. Um, but like all young women, um, you know, Braille wants to be married. She wants a family, and I shouldn't say like all young women. That's a generalization, but yeah. but like many young women, she she really believes that God is calling her to be a a wife and a mother. And um, um, and 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 be called in full time service. She is actually on staff here. She did full time service. She's in, in full time service. Yeah. Um, but um, um, she she talked about uh, when she went to Bible college in Peru. Um, there was a young man who came into her life, and she was convinced this was the one. And and um, and he turned her head a little bit. And and she did some things she knew was wrong. Now she she was very clear to say, I didn't
1: do the s-e-x
2: yeah she, she <laughs> she's even spelled she it. she spelled it that's how, Quietly. how how um um pure, pure she is mm-hmm. and uh but but she also knew that she was in disobedience and uh, and as it turns out the, the the boy turned out not to be a christian at all yeah. um and 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 that's when she cut off things completely mm-hmm and said, no, I, I got to choose Jesus. So um, moms and dads, if you've got teenage girls, especially teenage girls, what a wonderful, wonderful opportunity to hear it from the heart and the mouth of a, of a girl who was a teenager herself going through all of this and has come out on the other side of it um, with a, a, a wonderful perspective. I mean, she's struggled and she suffered, but but um, on this side of, of that experience... Um, what a beautiful young woman of God that she has mm-hmm. become. Mm-hmm. So.
1: You know, and I'm in, in total agreement with you. If you have young young girls, but I'm in, in young men as well, you know, because a lot of—we have guys come here to the church, and every every guy's looking for a good girl. You know, the guys want a girl who will be faithful and, and true to them, even if they don't plan on being that way for her. But um, I think it's good for the whole family. Dad, you know— she she let out with saying um, she was kind of sheltered. She didn't know the latest fads and music and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? That's a really good thing. Mm. The dresses are too short and the blouses are, the cleavage is all out there. And, and moms and dads, we're not taking a stand to protect our kids. The things they watch and listen to, I I was listening to your um, Romans 12, two study, uh, on the Stairmaster yesterday and that's what you were talking about moms and dads we need to step up and be our children's parents not their friends and not you know moms and, and daughters competing um, to see who's the most stylish and, and all that kind of stuff um, That I added that last part in but that's what I always tell to the ladies too uh, we need to be kind of sheltering our daughters preserving them from this world, and when that Christian, real Christian man comes along, um, the red flags will not go up, because we do get red flags <laughs> when when there's something mm. that's not quite right, but he's so cute, you know?
2: And, and you mentioned the dads with sons. Um, dads, it's your responsibility to raise godly young men. Yeah. The, well, boys will be boys kind of attitude that's so prevalent in, in our culture has got to be. Overwhelmed. I mean, we, we've got to, to, to be personally committed to purity. And um, Dad set the example in the home. Paula, before you go, we got a call I've been waiting for today. So okay. we got Charles on line one. Charles, how you doing? And more importantly, how's she doing?
0: She's doing great. She had her surgery yesterday evening. Uh, she's still hurting, uh, but praise God, they only had to just remove the, the second toe on her left foot, and that was it.
2: Good. Good, good, good. You know, just before Paula sat down here, she said uh, she got a text. Somebody who listens to the radio show wanted to know mm-hmm. any update on Charles' wife, mm-hmm. and so uh, I know a lot of people have been praying. Charles, mm-hmm. praise the Lord.
0: Uh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, I uh, she's I'm sitting right here with her in the uh, in the in the hospital room right now, and uh, I was trying to because these hospital rooms, the TVs, they got internet, and I was trying to get the radio show on. Uh, on the uh, internet through the TV, but it wouldn't let me, so I told her, I said, you know what, I'm just going call to the, call the show, and she got real happy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Laura, we love you, and we've been praying for you, and great to hear the news that it wasn't any worse than it was. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you, I please. appreciate it, and I love you guys oh. so much.
0: Uh, thank you, please you take
2: care man. of yourself, and Charles, thank you for letting us know we were we were concerned.
0: Yes, sir, and uh, I will see y'all tomorrow evening for service. So, uh, Okay, good. God, bless you, to God bless you, man. I y'all. God bless y'all, too. Y'all have a blessed Thank day. You.
1: Thank Thanks. you. See, Polly asking you shall receive. That's right. <laughs> uh, Charles needs to be on the radio. Don't you love that voice? <laughs> man, T V something.
2: You don't like my voice?
1: Stop. <laughs> <laughs> my Winnie the Pooh boo. That's right. My Winnie the Pooh boo boo. Huh. So, yeah, so uh, our next Sweet Summer Devotion speaker is a single mom with two teenage girls. I, have you know, that's another thing uh, for the audience people. Um, I, I don't have a clue what they're going to talk about. They don't, re- they don't rehearse in front of me. They don't give me an outline. They don't give me a hint about what they're going to talk about. I'm trusting the Lord with them on that. But Leanna Forney yeah right. and i'm
2: i'm particularly anxious to hear Liana. now i don't obviously don't come in person it's a ladies night yeah, yeah, yeah. i always listen to it the next day in my mm-hmm. office mm-hmm. and i'm really excited to um, to to hear what Liana has to share and and, and there's there's some reasons you know, one of the privileges of being a pastor is that you really get to know people? You get to know what they've been through. You get to see them through these really difficult things. And Leanna is one of my heroes. I mean, she is a superstar, and and I don't mean anything by that in a in a, in a, a, a prideful way. I'm proud of her, but but she's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is such a faithful servant. She she hardly says anything at all, uh, but she's so faithful. She's raised her at the time when we met her, very she young, was married. Very young, kind of she day. was married. Yeah. And, and, and it was a, an impossibly difficult situation. And, um, it would have been understandable had she just completely turned away from God and everything else uh, because nothing worked out. And, and rather than do that, she is just drawn closer and closer to the Lord.
1: So proud of her. And, and
2: man, has she ever done great. So, mm-hmm. Um, especially for those of you single moms out there who have been through some difficult things and feel like you haven't been dealt a fair hand, I am positive that Leanna's mm-hmm. testimony uh, next when, Tuesday, T- Monday. next Monday, mm-hmm. next Monday will be will be um, um, an unbelievable blessing.
1: Yeah, yeah, I-, I can't wait either. And her two girls, I'm sure they'll be sitting in the audience, proud of their mom. Yeah. It's, it's really a cool time. You know, and I, I warn all the ladies because if they haven't let their family and friends know what they're going to talk about, they need to sit down with them or call or something, not text, call and talk to them about uh, what might possibly be said so that they're prepared. Um, because we've had a couple people who are like, oh, I didn't <laughs> tell them this or I didn't ask permission or I haven't asked forgiveness from them. You know, or haven't, you know, really told them that I forgive them about stuff, and so um, I, I can't wait. So anyway, next Monday, and the the audience usually grows, Pastor Ron. So it's a really good thing that <laughs> the restrictions have been lifted.
2: Uh, Paula Brielle was was speaking uh, in front of her mom, her grandmother,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, her sister, yep. and and then obviously some friends yes. and. Um, None of them knew what she was going to say. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, they can be pretty intimidating, Mm -hmm. especially if you're young like Brielle is. Mm -hmm. Um, But um, um, that's the beauty to me about Sweet Summer Devotions because we have uh, women in all different phases of their life having gone through uh, different experiences. Mm -hmm. Um, They've seen the hand of God move um, in different ways. Mm And we get to enjoy them all. I think this year might be our most eclectic group of speakers. I was going to say ever, the same thing yeah. in terms of variety and experience mm-hmm. and age mm-hmm. and race and everything. and everything. So I, I I think this can be really great. Yeah.
1: You know, um, we have a family that calls, facetimes before the show to pray for us. Um, and Brielle mentioned uh, Matthew was the only one of you know, like her peers who encouraged her when God said, you're going to go to Bible college, you know. And Brielle, she says, we don't have a lot of money or we're not the richest, but anyway, and so... Uh, that's
2: an understatement that worked for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so she said, God will provide, and and quite a few people told her, that's not how it works. You know, he just don't drop money from the sky. And she was just able to say, well, he... I'm trusting him and that everything came through. And so I was able to turn around to the audience and say, when when anybody, not just a kid, but when anybody says God said we should be encouragers, if if nothing else, don't tell them it can't happen. You can say, I'll pray for you. I'll help you in any way. But praying for her and encouraging, wow, I'm glad you heard from the Lord. At least you know what God's will is for you that we would encourage, not discourage.
2: Paul says in our flesh is no good thing. And it's always, um, in a sad sense, fascinating to me how quick Christians are to jump on um, the hopes and dreams of those Christians, young or old, who really are trusting the Lord. You know, I taught in, in my message last night about Abraham trying to take matters into his own hands instead of instead of trusting God. Well, mm-hmm. that's what so many of us do, Paula. We we take matters into our own hands because we can't see the way God's going to do it. And, and we listen to other people say, well, it doesn't work that way. You've got to go out and do this. You've got to go do that. Uh, the truth is, when you're following Jesus, he does all the work. Yeah. And um, all you have to do is be with him. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what Brielle was talking about.
1: Yeah. Again, I'm so proud of her. And, you know, all I came away with is, man, I want to be like that when I grow up. <laughs> <laughs> she was amazing. Uh, she said I, she knew her calling, and she knew she'd be in full-time ministry. She said she's got her hands in everything around here. She's called the what uh, like a rover. I used to be the rover, you know, in, in baseball, softball, and then um, in volleyball. I could. Play every position except really the one that slammed them down. But I was called a rover in softball. I could play each position. And so she's a rover. Anywhere they have a need, Brielle can feel it.
2: See, that's the true servant's heart. Yeah. I, you know, Lord, here I am, use me. I think of Samuel saying, Lord, speak for your servant hears. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of the great heroes of our faith are men and women who eventually said, Lord, your will, not mine, be done and um, Brielle at 21 years of age that's a really good start in a life that's going to be full and rich well Paula we've got a half hour left in the program so 340-9585 if you have any questions or calls for Paula three four 9585 we'll be back in two minutes
1: got a question for Pastor Ron and the word to stand on for life? you can send it to him via email at pastorronkslr at gmail dot com that's Pastor Ron, KSLR, at gmail.com.
0: Welcome back to the Word to Stand on for Life. We're taking your calls at 340 9585 or toll free 877 630 KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh.
2: Welcome back to the second half of our date day program three four zero ninety five eighty five Paula phones are quiet. So what's next?
1: Mm-hmm. You know why the phones are quiet. I told you this right from the beginning. The people just want to hear us talk to each other. <laughs> Basically, they're like, wonder what they're like really at home and you know in the car and at church. Are they all the same? This is just how it is, folks. <laughs> no matter where we go, this is it. Yeah, so that's a good thing. Um, you know, I, I this is embarrassing, but I had so much stuff. This is my excuse. I had so much stuff to bring to church last night. You know, I had... Let me stop you. Go ahead.
2: Excuses don't cut it in the kingdom of God. <laughs> you just need to repent. Get over it.
1: <laughs> I'm begging for mercy, Lord. Please help me. So anyway, I had... Something for Kendall, and I had something for Tracy, and something for somebody. I had oh, Eileen. And so, anyway, I had a bunch of stuff, and Derek. And, uh, so I had all my stuff ready, Pastor Rob. But I have a new Bible cover that I'm not used to yet. And so as I left the house, I guess I must have looked over there, and that black thing just wasn't my brown Bible, and I just went on to church. <laughs> I didn't realize I didn't have it until, uh uh-oh, I looked at Sam, I said, he said, what? I said, I don't know where my Bible is, I think it's in Pastor Ron's office. So he got up to go Are you
2: even saved? (laughs) (laughs) The pastor's
1: wife. (laughs) The pastor's wife didn't have a Bible. And so, he came in here and he looked for it and he came back out without it. I was like, "Uh uh-oh, maybe it's in the foyer. Maybe I left it in the car. So, I went out there, as you were getting ready to teach, I'm thinking, the people like, is she going to another church? What's up? What's wrong with them? What, where is she going? This church has just started. She's not just one of those people that listen to the worship and leaves. That's not her normal MO. So I went out to the car. No. All I could think was, I bet you I left it on the couch. Sure enough, that's where it was when we got home. But anyway, I'm so upset with myself because, you know, I take some copious notes. <laughs> I love that word. I don't even know what it means. Um <laughs> uh, and so I don't have my notes to share about last night's study, but I know it was really good um, how Abraham was learning to trust the Lord and how good God is even when we, that song, even when I'm not, your faithful. And so even when Abram wasn't faithful to completely obey the Lord when the Lord told him to leave, his family his you know his country and go to a place he didn't he went to the place sorta but he took his family and he stopped on the way stopped short he stopped way short and um, and yet you know you're talking about the promises of God being yes and amen and um, how that promise was revisited. After the great disobedience and when Abram said, okay, I know what I'm supposed to do, and he started again, the second, third, hundredth chance to get going. As long as we have breath in our, in our lungs um, and we purpose in our hearts to obey the Lord, the Lord's going to be right there to say, okay, I'm not done with you. My love never fails. It never gives up. It in never fact, runs I'm out just
2: getting it. started. I will give this land to you mm-hmm. and uh, and to you, to your descendants. Yeah. yeah. Which renewed the promise of a child that he didn't think he could have. Yeah. It's an amazing story. Abraham, 75 years old. Wife is barren, 65 years old. And um, God says you're going to have children more numerous than the stars in the sky. Mm-hmm. And... Um, of course god keeps his promises so that's exactly what happened mm-hmm.
1: he and, and you know in your notes yours, it says here he would be at home with god for the rest of his life wherever he was and you know that i think it's joshua one nine, i will be with you wherever you go and so wherever we go and you know and we're supposed to be going where he directs of course He's not going to go to some of those wrong places. He's going to you know, get you going in. You, he'll stay outside, but he'll be waiting for you when you come back.
2: Paula, when he stopped in Haran, Haran means parched. And it's a good picture of those of us who stop short of God's will for our lives. We end up dry. We end up parched, mm-hmm. just sort of barely getting by. And he wasted 13 years. Wasted 13 years. And yet when he got started again, God renewed the promise, Abraham Built another altar, which was sort of the the symbolic of his life. He was all he's an altar guy. Uh, it was a place of worship, and um, it, it was a place where he decided that um, I'm at home when I'm with God. Mm-hmm. Um, my home isn't defined by a place. You know, a tent is another enduring symbol of Abraham's life. A tent is temporary, and Hebrews, of course, says that that he was looking for a bil- a city whose builder and maker was God. That's one of the, the, the outstanding moments of faith in Abraham's life. He didn't need what everybody else needed to be at home. He just needed to be with Jesus. Now, he learned it the hard way in part, but, but he learned it. Mm-hmm. And so the rest of his life would be characterized simply by him being at home with God, wherever it was. Now, that made the people with him nervous. Mm -hmm. Where are we going? going, There's Canaanites here, and there's a famine in the line, and all these things. Mm -hmm. And to all the world, it looked like Abraham had made a foolish decision to leave the safety and security of his homeland and his people. But he knew I had to be with God, and this is where God's called me to be.
1: Yeah. I loved how you said last night, uh, just instructing and kind of warning the people, because, you know, we see people coming into the church whose lives are a mess and they know their lives are a mess and they get saved. I was, I'm just thinking about a few people who got saved um, right before the uh, pandemic happened and then they can't come to church. And so we're praying, Lord, please keep them close, keep them close, you know, because every Sunday, no matter if you're a new believer or an old believer, those are the, probably the two groups that the enemy goes after the most is once we leave church, the enemy is out there waiting for us to say, you know, uh, especially when things get hard, your old life was better than this, you know, before mm-hmm. you were a Christian. Um, you could do whatever you want to and nobody would question you. Uh, uh, you know, uh, when you get sad, on the Holy Spirit, yeah, right, why don't we just go over to the bar and get a couple drinks and we'll just drown our sorrows. And or we could do a drinks and, you know, a couple shots and a couple of sniffs and we'll just be all right. Those that enemy is always out there. And so when the when the pandemic hit, it was like, oh, man, Lord, please protect them. You know, mm-hmm. and that was kind of my job where I just would text or call or FaceTime some and say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm, we're thinking about you. You all right. You doing OK?
2: You know, Abraham, when he went out, Paula, he pitched his tent. Again, that, that tent's an enduring symbol uh, of his life. But he pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Ai on the east. Mm-hmm. And that's so descriptive of our Christian walk. Um, Bethel means house of God. Uh, Ai means heap of ruins. Mm. And and we're, we're between those places all the time. And so we got to make the decision, am I going to be with God, at home with God, or am I going to let my life go toward a heap of ruins? And we're always in the middle. That, that that choice is always looming in our minds and in our hearts. And um, sadly, too many of us we we allow the heap of ruins to to um, to overcome us because we're not at home with God.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing about that heap of ruins, it happens a lot of times when we suffer famine or things get really difficult because I, before. You became a Christian, of course, I was saved first. But I remember people telling me, you know, if you give your life to Christ, you know, all your problems are going to go away. He's got to take care of everything, you know. Um, and that's just not the case. And so the unexpected uh, <laughs> uh, disasters that come along.
2: What would you have done, Paula, if somebody would have said, you know, Paula, just give your life to Jesus. And Ron will get saved in 13 years. And it will be 13 years of pain and agony and and calling out in prayer to God uh, your life will feel like you're upside down uh, i mean you know. you're going
1: to go from rags to riches to rags again even worse <laughs> yeah. and you're going to have kids who will watch and have to endure all of this as well i would have said well what's the point of being a christian
2: <laughs>
1: yeah if if god's not going to come through and make life rosy and I'm gonna be not gonna be rich anymore then really, really? What what's the whole point? Other than, you know, you think about it, he's gonna forgive me of all of my sins. He's gonna lead me in a in a path that there's no hangovers in, <laughs> there's no guilt, no shame. Um and then when this life is over, however long that is, I'm gonna to go to heaven and be alive with Christ for ever and ever and ever
2: and ever and ever? Okay, I'm in. And you and I, we have made some trips to Egypt, just like Abraham <laughs> did, oh, sure. you know, in, in his young faith uh, experience with the Lord. Um, Egypt is a type of the world in the Bible. It's mentioned over 600 times. Um, Revelation uh, 11 says uh, the Babylon um, is, is a wicked city, but but Egypt is a place where the Lord was crucified. Mm. And, and it's true that while it wasn't Egypt literally, uh, Egypt is the type of the world. It's the world that crucified Jesus.
1: Yeah.
2: And um,
1: took prayer out of school.
2: Yeah. Well, they, they, what, they're crucifying him daily for sure. Yeah. But um, you know, uh, we learned from Abraham last night that uh, even when you go down to Egypt, and you're always going down if you move to the world, um, God was there and met him. Uh, God wasn't angry, uh, even when he lied, even when he took matters into his own hands and forgot that he could trust this God who, who rescued him from his idol-worshipping past. Um, God delivered him, and not only delivered him, but but he ended up a very wealthy man as a result of the encounter. And then uh, we start back next week with him going back up where he's supposed to be. Yeah, that's and so cool. uh, yeah, it's just it's just a great.
1: Story. That is the, the picture of our Christian walk. You know, I, um, I have a picture, and it's in Pastor Daniel's class. Pastor Daniel. Daniel's class. And um, I think it was Diane Coy who used it at our women's retreat, that same picture, where it's a, it's a guy on a bicycle. And we want the the trip from here to heaven to be straight line, no no issues. But it's not. It's a bunch of down in the valley. You're talking about Jesus Knows Bike tricks on that tandem bike. It's down in the valley, and then it's up on the mountaintop, and then it flattens out for a minute. But you've been prepared. We're going down <laughs> again, you know, and, and are we going to hang on?
2: And even if you if you think about it, even if you're down... And you're, you're looking up, and, okay, we're finally going up. The, the trip back up is a hard trip.
1: The trip back up is <laughs> hard. A, if you have, you, You're you a runner, so you know going uphill is hard running. So anyway, yeah. we've got a caller.
2: Yeah, let's take a phone call. we got June on line one from San Antonio. June, thanks for calling. You are on the air.
1: Thank you so much. I am a follower of Jesus. I love him with all my heart. And I know we don't have all the answers, but I'm acutely aware of God's grace in my life, how He has drawn me to Him, and it took a long time before I, stubborn, you know, I was so stubborn, was willing to give my life to Him. But we were doing a study before the coronavirus of Joshua's conquest of Canaan and mm-hmm. talking so much about how God protected His people, took care of them. And I guess I just struggle about the Canaanites. You know, I know how evil I am without God, and here these guys are born into this culture and they're created in the image of God too. And I just struggle with that. You know, they needed to be killed and I know it I understand and know the reasons. But I just struggle.
2: Yeah. June, um I, I can comfort you I hope and maybe provide some 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 answers for you. Um, you know, when you when you read Joshua, the the New Testament companion book is Revelation. And uh the same thing is going to be true. Um, When Jesus returns uh, in Revelation chapter 19, when he returns, he's returning in judgment. Now, here's what we have to understand. God, not just for the Canaanites, but for the Amalekites and and all of the other ites that we know are enemies of Israel, Uh, the Amorites in particular, we know that God gave them, the Amorites specifically, more than 400 years to repent. More than 400 years, how patient was God. Now, as it relates to the Canaanites, um, a a quick study in Canaanite culture, it's a fascinating study, by the way, June, um, will show you that they are uh, among the most evil people that have ever walked the earth. I mean, they were guilty of horrible, horrible things, um, um, immoral sexual activity that you can't even describe in company, um, a child sacrifice. Uh, the the value of life to them meant nothing they would they would sacrifice their children continually. All of that to say the Canaanites were so evil and God had been patient with them and God alone knows when their sin quotient is filled up. Um, God knows that that when there's no hope, nobody's going to turn to him and that's when judgment comes and when Joshua's Canaan campaign began it was God pronouncing judgment even this is how patient he was when the campaign began the word spread all throughout the Canaanite lands that that uh, that Joshua's army was coming and 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 he was just steamrolling through every enemy and they had the opportunity to repent you remember the gibeonites They lied. Um, They understood. They got the message, so they wanted to spare themselves. Uh, All of this to say that God's judgment is always just, it's holy, it's pure, and judgment has to happen. Now, you're asking about the children, those who were raised in the Canaanite culture. This, to me, is, I think, one of the greatest pictures of God's grace. God had every man, woman, and child, all the adults completely responsible and accountable for their own wickedness. The children who were killed in the the, the Canaan campaign, before the age of accountability, they were prevented by God's goodness from growing up into being the same evil Canaanites that they were parents and ancestors had been, and thus escaping judgment. Those young people, those young people are now in the presence of God, and they never would have made it any other way. So God's judgment is pure, it's holy, and it's just, and there's always a purpose. I think June of, of um, God's word to Jonah uh, regarding the Ninevites. Um, uh, Jonah was angry that God was going to give them a chance to repent. And, and he said, look, I've got 120,000 talking about children, 120,000 in Nineveh who don't know their right hand from their left. Do I not want to spare them? Do I not want to be merciful and gracious to them? And Jonah didn't, could care less about them. But, but God was aware that sin quotient wasn't full. You know, when Jonah got done preaching, Um, An entire generation of Ninevites were saved and 80 years. And after the 80 years, another generation comes up. They don't care about God. They return to their sinful ways. But an entire generation was spared. Well, God knew in Canaan that wasn't going to happen. These men and women were beyond hope. There was no possibility they were going to repent. And that's why judgment came. Really good question, June. But uh, w- remember, when we have those questions, and I've had this question from a lot of cynics, well, God was committing genocide, or or, or Joshua was at God's command. No, God was, even in his mercy, mm-hmm. uh, I'm sorry, even in his judgment, there's mercy. Think about the rapture of the church. When, when that happens, and it can happen in any moment, there's going to be a whole bunch of young people who have been raised... Uh, in this godless culture. And we know that God's judgment is just and pure. And they're going to have the opportunity in the great tribulation to turn to him, but most will just shake their fist. Great and small, the book of Revelation says, will be in a cave when 100-pound hailstones are falling down on the earth in judgment. And they're going to know it was the wrath of the Lamb, and instead of saying, I'm so sorry, please save me, they're going to shake their fists in anger. That's how evil mankind's heart really is. Yeah. June, thank you for the mm-hmm. phone call. God bless mm-hmm. you and appreciate you taking the time to call. Mm-hmm. Let's go to our friend Federico online, too. Federico, thanks for calling. You're on the air.
0: Gloria a Dios benaventurado. Hey, Mama Paula. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, Hola, on the radio.
1: <laughs> Señor Federico.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I love the accent <laughs> Oh, I so love much.
1: your laugh oh, man,
2: uh, I I love I love you with Pastor Paul Ron. Uh, <laughs> blessed, blessed ministry <laughs> maybe one day I'm, I'm going to go over there and visit you I already got your address well, I get, get ready to be after. hugged then huh? get ready to be hugged if you come and meet us <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'm all for hugs. <laughs> okay, Pe- okay, Pastor, I'm, I'm thinking of a, a scripture that I can't find. It has to do with suffering, the kind of suffering that builds faith and patience. Do you off the off the head Remember where that's at? Is that Romans, Romans five? chapter five. Yeah.
1: Uh, Romans five. Yep. 1 through 5 I think it is.
2: 5 is I'm going to get to it right now uh, he says this not only so but we also rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us so that's the passage
1: is that the one you're looking at? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. That's the one I was thinking of. <laughs> That's
2: it. Uh, thank, thank you, Pastor Ron, and I uh, enjoy your your uh, program very much, and it's been very blessing to me, and and I'm pretty sure to many people. And thank you, of, Federico. Uh, thank, thank you for for being there. God, <laughs> God bless you, Pastor. God bless you. You know, when when people say things like that. I think about those 13 years. Abraham wasted 13 years. You prayed for 13 years. And uh, apart from that, I'm sure I wouldn't be here. At the very least, if I would have come dragged into the kingdom of God, um, we would have missed out on everything that God has done for us. So I guess this is a public way of saying thank you for being faithful.
1: Well, you know what? That song plays again because even when I'm not, he's faithful because that first 10 years of me praying, you know. Even the second three and a half years of, of praying, it was all, that was the Holy Spirit-led prayer. Mine, <laughs> the other ones were just mine. Save him, kill him, do something, make my life better. And the last mm. ones were when the Lord was convincing me, no, no, Paula, I love him so much. And it was kind of like he was kind of whispering in the back of my head, Girl, you have no idea what I'm getting ready to do. Will you really get on? Get in line, straighten <laughs> up, pray right so I can really work? So for those 13 years, yes, I'm praying for you, sort of, kind of. I was mostly praying for me, but I was praying, and the Lord was able to get in there, dig out some of the, the garbage that was in my heart so that I would pray with from his
2: heart view. You know, but I tell people all the time if you pray for somebody, even somebody that, that you um, find it almost impossible to love, um, God will change your heart mm-hmm. eventually. And the whole idea of prayer is to get your will to line up with his. And that's what that first 10 years was about. Mm-hmm. You know, Paula, this will embarrass you a little bit, but, but I, I think the, the most heroic thing that you ever had to deal with. Just between you and Lord, it was a choice that you made. And and I view it, and maybe I'm wrong, but I view it as God giving you a choice. Um, we had a lot of money. I was very successful in business. And um, you would pray, Lord, whatever you have to do, whatever you have to do, take everything away from Ron. Whatever you have to do to save him, and uh, one day the Lord sort of set you up and said, well, let's talk about this.
1: Yeah, he set me up all right, because yeah. I didn't plan on praying that. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah. The, the
2: idea here he is if, if I take everything away from him, I'm going to take everything away from you. Is that okay with you? Yeah. And to your credit, you didn't just say the Christianese thing, you know, mm-hmm. well, yeah, Lord, thy will be done. Praise be to, to God. Yeah. Um, you, you had thought about it. You really took it to prayer. Yeah,
1: it was like eight o'clock in the morning. When he asked me that question, and I don't think I answered him until like five thirty p.m. that night mm-hmm. at the little church that I found, you know that I could meet on Friday night before you got home from work. It was in that church at that time where he said, where I was able to say to him, "Lord, whatever, I'm yours. Do what, do what you will. So make me ready." You
2: said it's easy being a Christian when you got a lot of money. Yep. At least it seems so. But, but you had to make a decision. Yeah. Counting the cost. And you made the right one.
1: And you know what? The Lord is so smart because being here in San Antonio, married to you, being Calvary Chapel, San Antonio, we're poor. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a good poor. Hey, thanks you for tuning to in
2: today, Paula. Thanks him. for being here. You've been listening to the Date Day edition of the Word to Stand Up for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630 the week.
1: Bye bye.